to the On The Air podcast, a companion to On The Air magazine, a new bi-monthly magazine from ARRL for beginner to intermediate ham radio licensees. I'm your host and the editorial director of On The Air, Becky Schoenfeld, W1BXY. Every month, the On The Air podcast extends material found in On The Air magazine to help you learn about the many things the ham radio service and hobby has to offer. The On The Air podcast is sponsored by ICOM for the love of ham radio. Welcome to the July 2020 episode. This month, we'll take a closer look at material from the July-August 2020 issue, including tips for soldering a PL259 connector onto the end of a length of coaxial cable, and information on beginner courses for hams who are interested in serving their communities during disasters and other incidents. In the July-August issue, we gave you some background on coax with the article Shopping for Coaxial Cable, as well as some background on soldering with an article on Tools and Materials for Soldering. And then we put it all together with that issue's Project Build article, Soldering PL259 Coax Connectors. Here's some further background on coax and the process of attaching a PL259 connector via soldering, from Dino Pappas, KL0S, the author of the article, Soldering PL259 Coax Connectors. Dino says coaxial cable is the most popular transmission line, also called a feed line, that hams use to connect their radios to their antennas. Coax cables vary in diameter, power handling capability, operating frequency, line loss, and flexibility. 50-ohm coaxial cable is popular because it matches the output impedance of our radios, and it can be routed without regard to other structures between the antenna and the radio, unlike other types of transmission line, such as windowed line, which can't be twisted, bent, or placed too close to metal. In order for you to be able to connect coaxial cable to your radio and your antenna, the ends of the cable need to have connectors on them. In many cases, the type of connector you'll need is called a PL259. You can buy coax that has PL259s already attached, or you can learn the time-honored ham task of soldering them onto the coax yourself. Dino's article in the July-August issue provided step-by-step instructions that show how to solder a PL259 connector directly onto the end of a larger diameter coaxial cable, such as RG8, RG213, or LMR400. Smaller diameter coax, such as RG58 and RG8X, also uses PL259 connectors, but if you're soldering them onto the cable yourself, they require an adapter or reducer to keep them secure in the rear cylinder of the connector body. We'll cover that method in an upcoming issue. In step three of the how-to instructions in soldering PL259 coax connectors, we instruct you to coat a specific one-inch section of the coax braid with solder. You do that by touching the tip of the soldering iron to the braid to heat the braid in that spot just enough so that solder will melt when it touches the heated part of the braid. You feed solid solder to that area and it melts. You then start working around the circumference of the braid, heating it a little as you go, applying solder to the heated part, 
then moving on in the same fashion all around the circumference until the whole circumference of the braid has been solidified with solder. And you do this for about an inch length of the braid past where the vinyl outer jacket of the cable ends. Dino KL0S says there are two reasons why we apply solder to this section of braid. The first reason is it stiffens the braid so that in step four, when you trim away the braid and dielectric to expose the inner conductor of the coax, the braid is easier to trim to a nice clean edge around the circumference of the dielectric. The second reason is the stiffened braid is better prepared for step eight when it needs to accept the solder from the cold solder blob. Theoretically, you could simply trim the braid with wire cutters, but adding solder to the braid makes it much easier to work with. Thanks again to Dino KL0S for the article and these tips. In the July-August article, An Introduction to Aries, we gave you an overview of the Amateur Radio Emergency Service, why it exists, what it does, and how you can become part of it. Training is a big part of being an effective amateur radio volunteer. Some Aries training involves simulated disaster responses that elapse over hours or even days. Some of it involves exercises that help hone specific skills. And some Aries training comes in the form of courses, such as the beginner courses mentioned in the article. One of them, ICS-100, is a great place to start. Also known as IS-100.C, this is a FEMA course that presents an Introduction to the Incident Command System, or ICS. The two-hour course teaches the principles and basic structure of the ICS, the roles of staff within the ICS, and how NIMS management characteristics apply to the ICS. Once you've taken ICS-100, you'll need to take IS-700, also known as IS-700.B, FEMA's course about NIMS, the National Incident Management System. This system defines the principles that guide incident response and recovery. The two-hour course teaches the principles and characteristics of NIMS, as well as describing activities and methods of managing resources, including communications and information systems. You can search for the ICS and NIMS courses by searching on the course numbers at training.fema.gov is. Completion of ICS-100 and IS-700 is a prerequisite for taking EC-001, ARL's Introduction to Emergency Communications course, which is designed to provide basic knowledge and tools for any emergency communications volunteer. The course includes required student activities and a 35-question final assessment and takes approximately 45 hours to complete over a nine-week period. HAMS who enroll in EC001 will be asked to provide the dates that they completed the ICS and NIMS courses. You can find more information about EC001, including a table of contents of the course, at arrl.org online hyphen course hyphen catalog. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, which took a deeper dive into material from the July-August 2020 issue of On the Air magazine. We'll be back in August with a look at more material from the July-August issue. In the meantime, feel free to send comments about On the Air to ota at arrl.org. 
read our blog at arrl.org OTA hyphen blog, or learn more about ARRL membership at arrl.org. Until next time, I'm Becky Schoenfeld, W1BXY, 73.